Welcome to Hutch on Hunting. This is Bruce Hutchin, your host for this podcast. Also, I'm the CEO of Hutch on Hunting Research and Information. I'm a digital scouter. And at HutchonHunting.com, you will see all my offerings and how I cover the state of Colorado for all big game species. Please reach out to me at HutchonHunting at gmail.com and I'll send you the link to set up a free discovery call where we'll talk about what you're looking for and how I can help you. HutchonHunting.com brings you the finest Colorado-specific research tools for your upcoming hunt. Hey folks, this is Bruce Hutchin with Hutch on Hunting, and I've got a gentleman, Scott Lee. He's from just outside of Flint, Michigan, and he reached out to me asking if I could, um, if he could take advantage of my January special, where the first twenty-five people um, get an hour with Hutch to take a look at DIY elk hunting with archery in Colorado. So, Scott, welcome to the show. Welcome to your scouting session. And we were just doing it in the warm-up. Want to see if you can get away from the crowds. You got a crew of between four and five. Um, you're looking to get away from um, the Steamboat Springs, the Craig up there, Rabbit Ears, uh, North Park, uh, because the crowds are there. And also, they adjusted the um, seasons last year and some of those units up in that area because of the winter kill. And did you hunt um, this past fall? No, I was not able to go last year. Actually, tore my Achilles playing basketball. So, all right, so that wasn't well, too. There were some adjustments made, and so the challenge to get into elk um, is hard. I've been doing it for a long time. In fact, I'm going to show you pretty close to where I shot my first bull ever in Colorado, and that was in uh, that was in the '80s, and uh, I was very fortunate. Uh, to do that off the Rabadoo Trail. So without further ado, I'm going to share my screen because you're not interested in hearing me talk, which you're interested in doing, hearing what I have to say. So there's Delta Colorado up here. Montrose is here, and right in here. And, uh, and I'm on Onyx Maps. And if you don't have Onyx Maps, I recommend that you purchase Onyx Maps. Uh, and you can see here, you're in uh, 62 and 61 is here. 61 is a limited access area. So it takes a number of points uh, to get in there. Have you started saving points at all? Yeah, I think I have a few. So you can see right along this highway or this road, it comes off 141 and we get closer. 141 comes off Highway 50 if it come out of uh, Grand Junction. And winds its way around, and then it actually becomes the border of 6162. And out of Delta, you have this road right here. And you also got the overlays. I'm showing the overlays. And this is summer, the gray is summer rain. And you can see there's quite an expense. And this is up here because of the altitude, you get into uh, dark timber and aspens. As you go drop in altitude, you're going to get into uh, P&J, they call it, pinion pine and juniper. Okay. And that is really tough cover, no question about it. But as you note here, why this it, this is a popular area, because you, the hunters can get dispersed, and all these dotted lines are trails. 
So there's plenty of trails to disperse the hunting. And people do get in there and spend a lot of time hunting, uh, you know, elk. And there's a lot of elk in there. You can also see there's campsites all along. So it gives you, this is very accessible just outside of Montrose and Delta, as I showed you, off Highway 50. Campsites are good for locating where the pressure is going to be coming from. Yep. Because people are basically lazy. You know that. I know that. And back in the day, we didn't have to go more than a mile or so from these trailheads. If you got in more than a mile and if you would spike out, and that's bivy sack with a jet boil, some water, some freeze-dried, you could get away from, from people really easy. And because people have the same opportunities as we do here, showing, you know, the proximity, showing the trails. And even with Onyx, you can get into 3D. But you can see that you have, well, these are all uh, one-mile square sections. So you got a lot, a lot of territory, you know, to hunt. Okay. And so... That's just the first, you know, that's the first one that I wanted to, because I use, I use Onyx Maps a tremendous amount because I hunt in different countries, um, different cities and states, you know, throughout Colorado and throughout the Midwest for my whitetail hunting. So even if I'm going with an outfitter, I still want to know sort of kind of the area because I want to know escape routes. I want to know water. I want to know as you said, where the campgrounds are, people there, then they get on their four wheelers and can go up and down uh, this this dirt road. It's a dirt road and, you know, hunt. And the sun's coming from this way. So morning, you're going to be hunting into the sun, but the evening, this gets shadowed. So it cools off faster than, than 61. And so playing the sun is very important to keep you know, think about where we're going to hunt, how we're going to hunt, what differences are going to make, and that's that's something that you can do. So, Absolutely. so that's Onyx Maps. Do you already have Onyx Maps, Scott? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, good. Yeah, it makes a big difference these days. I mean, you used to have to try to look at carry maps and have a you know black and white GPS, very hard to to look at now. You know, with your smartphone and Onyx, you can basically offline maps. And that's part of the reason probably why there is more pressure. There's no question about it. Absolutely no question about it. You know, I used to hunt a lot of kind of earlier season. Never, I've never gone out like the first week, but we've, we've tried going out a lot of times around 7th, 8th, 9th of September. And um, yeah, you're right. If you're, if you're in an area, especially if there's a little bit of pressure and if there's, spruces on the north side of a mountain i mean that's where they're going to be bedded to stay cool you know with the warmer temperatures but um you know that's another thing that i'm trying to consider this time of year i've had a lot of had some local guys tell me that you know towards the end of september um or at least the second half you know like the 20th probably the last 10 days of september would be their preference but can i play the moon you know i don't want to hunt on a full moon why? Because the elk are during the rut, they're up anyway, but they seem to be feeding and they're more active under a full moon. So I like the new moon where there's no moon cover at all. 
So, and I look at that and I've had people tell me that, you know, if you have a full moon during September, that's what helps kick off the rut. The activity starts to really peak around that time. That's unscientific because the breeding, the cows determine when they're coming to estrus and when the rut starts. And that has to do with lighter day. And I like to stay away from the muzzleover season. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's another thing. Yeah, so I just that's we, more we, people to the to the pot. We we started out when we first started hunting. We started out in an area that was no motors, you know, and we always spike. I mean, ninety percent of the time we're we're going in for at least a few days. We used to try to pack always for you know like a week or more, but now with not knowing what the pressure is going to be like, even if you go deep in, we've kind of changed our strategy to where we'll just pack a few days. That way, if, you know, if there's too much pressure or the elk aren't there, we can, it's easier hiking and to move to a different spot. Yeah. And I, um, you know, we always did like three days and either I go, I've hunted a lot early when I was younger. I hunted alone. I hunted solo. I had, people to help me get my elk out but i hunted solo i just enjoyed it more and so i would spike out just two or three days hit and i called it running and gunning because what i would do is i'd already figure out via maps i didn't have onyx maps back then via maps and then i was pretty active in the elk foundation so forth and so on so i had a pretty good idea where i wanted to go and then I just go in there. I ran uh, Jeep Wagoneers so I could get any place I wanted to go. And, um, you know, I my base camp was my Jeep. And then I'd pack out, figure out where I wanted to go, go there and spend a couple of days and either get into elk or not. Didn't get into elk. I go back uh, to base camp and either move, you know, go to a different place entirely or figure out, okay. Where do I need to go from here? We're in Nulla Basin. And that's when you could walk. I could walk five or 10 miles a day. And um, that made a difference. Even back in the 80s when I hunted so much. One thing I you should get, and if you don't have it already, and I'll send you this uh, hunting atlas right here for Colorado. And they've had this, and it's free for a very long time. Yeah. And I'm I'm just going to pop it up right here to you, and you're going to get it right now. So I don't forget to give it to you. Have you ever used this? I'm sure I've been on it. I've jumped between a lot of different things. But, um, yeah, I used it this a couple of years ago, for sure. And here's, I'm just using 62. You can see the same thing that Onyx has. And Onyx buys it from the same people that sell it to Colorado. So these are, if we look here... Let me go here. So if I click something and it goes away, that's the summer concentration area of the bars. Summer range is the grays and resident population. Let me see here. You can see that there's residents here, here. So most of this is all summer range and then you have the concentration. So if I was using this, this is what I want to have, right? The green is forest service. The yellow is BLM. So you come in here, and it's the same thing you're seeing from Onyx. It's the same GIS information that they download. 
We package it a little bit differently, but you can get the same thing from Onyx. It doesn't have all the tricks and triggers. Um, and I don't think it's as user-friendly as Onyx, but it's still here. And you now have the, the link. So here's Montrose, and then it, it does bring up all the roads. So with Onyx, you've got, you know, the trailheads and the, and the campsites. But this is going to be, you know, a go-to tool when you and you guys are, are trying to uh, decide what area. And two, you can start looking at terrain. Now, as you know, have you, do you know all the um, over-the-counter either sex tags for elk? Um, I, I don't right now, not offhand. Okay, but you know how to find it, right? Yep. Okay, because it's right on, it's right on the, uh, I don't know if you can see it, but it's right on the regs right in there. And I'm not going to take the time to go in there right now because it's 90 some pages, but that's where it is. And I can go here, the regulations, and I'll just bring this up for you and I'll add it to your email. So with that, it'll give you everything that you would need to know about Colorado, you know, hunting in Colorado. When you're when you're looking when you're trying to decide spots, I mean obviously terrain, elk habitat, or you know, summer, winter, even travel routes. I mean you can look at all that. Um do you ever put much weight into the um kill statistics? Um, from year to year or trends in that type of data? <clears throat> I do, and I get that. You can get that from Eastman's. You can get it from Hunting Fool. You can get it from Go Hunt. Uh, you can get it from the, the state, but it isn't as it isn't correlated um, as easy, and it is there, and that would take us 10 minutes just to figure out, okay, 62, and then you go and see how many tags they get, how many animals reported and that information but that is on you can go right to the link i just sent you and get that information so based on what you're saying i'm going to switch it up now and go to onyx maps go to some of my pins because you can see i spent a lot of time 67 66 i killed some nice elk and deer 66 67 because uh, I knew it so well. And I have friends. I had a base camp at a ranch um, right here, right right there. That was my base camp. It was at a, a guy's ranch. So when I hunted up in 54, and I don't have pins there specifically because they asked me not to put pins up there. And I said, okay, fine. Because I used their horses and everything. But there's trailheads for the West Elk Wilderness. As you can see here, the trailheads are here. And if you're tough enough, the West, West Elk Wilderness is a great place to hunt. There's a lot of elk in there. Unfortunately, you have to draw. It's a draw area. Now, we'd have to go into one of the, the companies. And I think Onyx Maps also has, you know, statistics, how many points you need to draw and all that. But right. myself, I just love hunting in the West Elk Wilderness. I love riding it. I love being up in there, I've seen cats and bears and elk and had some great, great hunt in the West Elks. But again, my friend said, Bruce, we're locals. You don't want to piss off the locals. So don't, for your business, don't put your pins up there. I said, okay. But I know it very well and it's accessible 
you go up uh, Rainbow Lake and then get to the trailhead and there you go. Uh, you're hunting and you can within the Rainbow Lake um, access, if you do get tagged, you can be you can be hunting and into elk within a couple of miles. But everybody else knows it also. And unfortunately, because it is wilderness back in the day when I was hunting it, people would take their four wheels in there. That's the only thing that sucked. Because I went in with horses because my buddies had horses. So I would just take two horses and right from that camp, there's a trail and I would just follow that trail right into the West Elk. So that's 54, but that's a, you need to get, you need to get um, points to get in there. One of my favorite in the whole state, just because I've hunted it so much, is 49. Again, that's going to take you five to seven to seven points. And I just love that. You can hunt the west side, east side. You can hunt um, the wilderness area down by Buffalo Peaks. And a friend of mine killed a 350 bull in there with his bow. Um, sort of, kind of. It's Mount Sherman. That's a 14er. So you're up in the air here. But it's very easy to access. And that's why I like it. And it's got everything from sagebrush, aspens, dark timber. And it's easy. Once you get up top, once you get up on the ridge, it's easy to hike. And I said Buffalo Peak. You know, and myself, if I was going to pick one place I wanted to hunt, it would be there, 49, because I know it so well. So that's something just to think about in the future. And the last time I hunted in there, this is where I camped and this is where I hunted. And this is the backside. This is East Buffalo Peak, 12,000 feet. And so that's where I hunted. I hunted right at Timberline. Basically, this this is a huge basin here. And it's a huge basin here. And this is a saddle. And I, I love hunting saddles. And it wasn't from the trailhead. It wasn't that bad of a, a hike, just a mile or so. But if you're young enough, as you guys are, I would definitely start it for putting in for uh, Buffalo Peak and Unit 49. I definitely would because it does take points, but the elk are there. And when you draw that, then we can do a deep dive and you can become you know, a client. And uh, I got photos. There used to be a cabin before the fire service closed the road that you could stay in, which was pretty cool. Did you ever hunt... Um, 25, 26 along the Colorado. Yeah. So where is, if you zoom in there, where is Eagle? Because we hunted somewhere around that area. I don't know. I, I believe that's the flat. Um, flat tops. Yeah. <clears throat> think this is rifle, parachute. See if I can. Vale's here. Where's Vale? Right up here. Or Lemon Springs, excuse me. So I was just probably west of there, northwest of there. Yeah, this is Glenwood Spring. There's a place called um, Budge's Resort up when you go. It's like the it's like the only like commercialized place up in there. Did you go out of Dotsero? Do you remember? We would always Glenwood. I mean, we go right north of Glenwood Springs. I think. Okay. In that area, I think you just need one or two points for up in there. Because back in the day, I hunted rifle a lot also, just north of rifle. There's rifle, and so, yeah, I hunted up in here. But that's, you know, that's 32, 31, 33, up in yeah. that. And so you were more back here, so that's 25, 34, 
for a number of years, I hunted 25 at what they call Red Dirt Basin. And uh, that was good hunting in there. But we're getting off track. Because what I I wanted to show you is 816. And I went in there on horses. You don't need horses, but there's enough access points to get in there. And you have to, there's parking places. And then here's my pins I've killed out there. And we see all the access points. And this gets up to um, Blanca Peak, 14.285. And when I don't have horses over here to get to get your camp in and get everything, I recommend horses. But you could do it. You could do it. There's a trailhead here. There's campsites here. And you could, could get up in here, archery hunting. And for your crew, it's relatively easy to get there. I'll show you where 25 is. Here's Interstate 25. Here's Walsenburg. Here's 69. There's a cutoff road here. And so you take 69, and then you start drifting in. And there's Gardner. Then you just come in on this road. County Road 550. And based on what you said, yes, there's other people, but mostly it's locals. Mostly. Because they can come out of Walsenburg. They can come out of Pueblo. And they can hunt it. And they, they can, it's a just a day hunt. It's, we're only talking, especially if you know where you're going, it doesn't take that long. And they'll come out, hunt in the morning, hunt all day, and then go home at night. And there was a big landslide in here, which changed the road going in there. So the campsite I like now, it's right here. And this is where the landslide was. The whole mountain just fell. So they had to create a new road right here. And you're in wilderness, so horseback and whatever. But you come here, you camp right here, and there is a creek there, so there's water. And then uh, you hike back, you stay on the the uh, public ground, Martinez Reservoir, and then the place I used to sit in glass is right here. And I went in there years and years ago, just riding during the summer, and this here is a drainage ditch that takes water from off the mountain to the reservoir. Even though I said it, I like to hunt up there. You know, elk, or when last time I was there, they were at Timberline, and we had to go to Timberline 11,000, 12,000 feet to get them. And it was a cow. It wasn't a bull. But that's okay. I don't care. And this is 861. 861 is a valid unit for over-the-counter archery tags easy to get into easy access you have water um people are going to come in come not a lot of people use these trailheads because blanca peak they want a bag of 14er so at this trailhead you will see people there's no question about it but they're not hunting so there's people there but they're not hunting this whole area here you have to work to get in to it but there's i've never gone in there and not seen elk either by glass or being up close in person. Yeah, I might have to dive into that area a little bit, if depending on my point situation. Yeah, you don't need any points here. <laughs> right. Yeah, if I don't okay. have points for some other desired areas, then I might have to check out that area. Yeah, I would. If you have points, I would, I would work towards um, forty nine up here because I I like it so much. There's nothing wrong with sixty one, depending on the weather, because I only gets up to 10,000 I think so you got you got down here 62 you got down here 66 67 
which take points. You got 54, which takes points. And then the Powderhorn Wilderness, all these campsites along the river, they're along the river. And then I hunt and I used to rent a cabin up on something they called the Alpine Plateau, which is off for 66, 67. I'm doing that just to get in there. Lake Ford of the Gunnison. So in this area right here, there was really wonderful hunting. And again, it takes it takes um takes points because we used to hunt behind the U Indian reservation cattle ground. That's where we used to hunt. And it's mostly aspen, but that was just wonderful, wonderful hunting. And I, I rented a cabin up there and I could hunt literally right out of my cabin. And you could hear the elk bugling at night. Now this is a while ago, but it's still worth checking it out or worth investigating because there's a lot of elk up there. A lot of elk. Do you have Google Earth? Yeah, I've used it before. I haven't used it in a while. Yeah. I got a couple pins up there. I don't use it as much anymore. And before Onyx, this is what I did. If you ever want to kill an antelope, that's a ranch. His mule deer, $10,000, $15,000. But mule, I mean, his antelope, typically he has tags that he lets people use, come in and hunt. So that's just the place for mule deer? Yeah, but it's ten to $15,000. If you got that type of money, I would hunt there because I've seen 200-inch mule deer on his ranch. Now, this is how old this map is because Mesa Road, Divide Road, Delta, and it was a place called Rabadou Trail. I don't know if it'll pop up. But anyway, I was going to show you where I shot my first uh, first bull. Well, anyway, it was called the Rabadou Trail. 50 and Blue Mesa. And this is the Alpine Mesa here up in all this country. And you can get off into that off of 149 and then uh, 50. <laughs> Unfortunately, I had a bad experience up here because uh, I took an old college buddy up there, invited him out. He came out. We hunted up there. And the next year, he brought his brother and his friends, rented a house, and hunted it for 10 years. And they never invited me. Yeah, that's that's the ch- yeah, that sucks. Type of stuff. Yeah, that sucks. Yeah. And I never, you know, we fly fished. I invited him to go fly fishing with me, but I never invited him again to uh, go hunting with me. He never asked why. He knew why. And uh, yeah, very successful. Yeah, that's like a unspoken rule. You know, if somebody takes you to their spot, you don't go back without them. No, it just, I couldn't believe it. And, and one year I was up there and I kill, actually killed the bull. And said, dang, I wonder if those guys are up here. And I went and found them because I figured I knew sort of kind of where they're where they were renting their house. And I went in and said, Hey, um, I shot a I shot a book. Would you guys come out and help me get it? Oh, Bruce, it's so nice to see you. I went, Yeah, all right. Whatever. But they did help me get the bull out. At <laughs> least uh, you got that out of the deal. Well, yeah, but it's still you already know, you know the right way to do it you just don't do that and so after that i just said hey if i take you in here i don't ever want you to come back without me and if you do just have the courtesy of calling me and say hey bruce and i had a friend that did that i had a ranch not my ranch but a place to hunt in wyoming i took him in and he took his uh, son-in-law there and they had a great time 
And, um, you know, it, he just let me know. And that's all I expected. And he did it. And, and you know, I hunted that ranch 20 years till the guy died. And then the son just let the outfitter take him. But, you know, I've killed a lot of bulls up in here. And, um, yeah, good times, good times, good times. I'm trying to find, trying to find Willow Creek. Yeah, that's my buddy's house right there. So when I hunt over here, 66, 67, that's where I stay. And then the nice part about that, that's all a creek, that's Willow Creek, and you just follow that creek up, and that's 724, that takes you to Rainbow Lake. But I would hunt that, if I was your age, in a New York second, because it's tough. You know, it's 12, 14,000 feet. Rainbow Lake Trailhead right there. And then you can drive, you actually can drive to above that and then you can see this is all where it tops out here south baldy that all this is over eleven thousand feet um timberline's eleven thousand ten thousand eleven thousand so you can drive right to here to this upper park then there's trails all there's horse trails all over here or you can drop down into these basins back here so it's it and those are avalanche shoots those aren't ski runs <laughs> but the baldies, I love to ride the baldies. Just middle baldies, south baldy, just West Elk Peak. Yeah, that looks like uh, interesting. It's, oh, it's unbelievable. And all the creeks come down, you know, and go into the Gunnison River. Here's a here's a road here. You can get, you can drive this. Yeah, it's it's a fantastic. It's just a fantastic place. Absolutely fantastic. I spent a lot of time there. A lot of time. So it's 9.30. Um, have I helped you? Yeah, I think it's it's good just looking at some maps together and some areas. Think, Is it worth uh, 100 bucks? Okay, let me ask. Be very straightforward. I'm not going to ask you for $100, but was that worth 100 bucks to somebody in Michigan to talk to somebody in Colorado who's got some pens and has got some areas? Yeah, definitely. And I think, I think, you know, for me, I didn't want to come in because I've done this many times kind of looked at areas and and I didn't want to point our conversation towards someplace that you know I was looking at I just wanted to have a conversation in general and, and explore some new areas so I think that gives me some food for thought and Good. I think so you know, it, was, it has value what I'm trying to I'm trying to validate what I'm trying to do here oh absolutely and I think if you had I mean you can tell with your experience if you had specific areas or if you were looking to get in somewhere you'd have some valuable advice as well you know if you wanted to dive deeper okay would you do me one favor this is the only thing it's going to cost you to send me a simple you know email bruce thank you for taking i took advantage of your january special and got an hour with hutch on hunting and i really appreciate your time because one two three four five yep yep absolutely yeah, and that would be good, and I'll put it up on my page, and um, you know, because this this is how I'll, I'll build my business. I gave away hours for free to a couple other people that took advantage of it, and you know, I know Colorado, and I don't know if I told you I wrote over two hundred big game profiles for Go Hunt, which you know I'll mention them in passing, but um, you know that's what I did for Colorado, and so I'll put myself. My knowledge, I'm not a local in all these places, but my knowledge for the whole state, I've killed a few bulls and cows. I've killed a 
shoot uh, elk with my rifle and with my bow. And my last um, hunt up in 49 is I had a six pointer and he's just, he was just too small. I wouldn't shoot him and I didn't. And I would have shot a cow. She came down in the same place later, but I just couldn't close the deal on her. But the bull, I just, I let him walk or I would have got one. What was it? Two years, just two years ago or three years ago, I would have shot, I would have shot a bull, you know, uh, with my crossbow right in 49. And, you know, if you ever draw that, you know, hopefully you'll hire me and I can show you, you know, where to set up, where the blinds are. I have a, there's been a blind on that saddle by South Baldy Peak that's been there probably 40 years. You know, it's just made out of logs, but guys gun hunt it. Well, and that's, I guess that's what I was getting at too, is if you get, if you're getting close to either picking an area or drawn with points, that's where the, you know, that's where the real value then like crazy value would come in because, you know, if you're from Michigan or some, some place in the Midwest and you're used to whitetail hunting, or even if you've been out successful or not, if you're going to a new area, you can spend, it's not like going to somebody's hundred acre, you know, whitetail, you know, cattle ranch or something where you can figure it out pretty quick. I mean, you've got thousands of acres. You've right. got hundreds of thousands of acres, not thousands. Yeah, you've got, you know, you've got, and, and it sounds simple, but it, it gets overwhelming really quick when you're switching between Onyx and other maps and it just understanding how even the trails work out there and access points. Like you said, you like saddles. If there's a specific area, you know, you've got an eye for it. So I would highly recommend um, this type, you know, your services and, and knowledge because that will save you a tremendous amount of time and make somebody get, you know, elevate their chances. I mean, some areas over the counter, especially if you're talking archery, it's 7% success rate. So, yeah, but we don't come. I was talking to, this, to another guy. You don't come out here archery hunting unless you're one of, one of the very, very few from out of state that are exceptional hunters and expect to get an L. Every time I went archery hunting, living here, I expected to get into L. I've been 15 yards away from a bull and couldn't get a shot. And that's probably happened to you. I mean, you know, it's just hard, folks. But that's the thrill of it for me. You know, and I I once took a guy hunting and he didn't get it. He says, I got to kill an elk. And he ran after the elk elk herd after they left. I said, stop. If you do that, you're going to send them five miles to another mountain, another basin. I said, just they'll be here tomorrow. No, no. It just obviously we didn't ever hunt again, you know, together. But it was just, you know, some people just come unglued when they get in front of it. The better hunters pick their pick their spots, pick their time, figure it out. Because believe it or not, elk are patternable just like whitetails if they're undisturbed. Right. Yeah. If they're undisturbed, you can pattern. You just get there. I can remember when I did hunt unit two and take 21 points now, so that's a move point. But I hunted archery back in the 80s every other year up there. And I had a perfect setup. It, it was all good. I knew if I hung out this water hole, you know, for three days, I would get those elk because they had a pattern. And 
I hung a tree stand on the water hole. And it was easy because I knew what they were going to do. The elk were there, they bugle all night. And, um, you know, it was just a matter of time. Same thing with whitetail hunting. If you know that buck's around, you know it's just a matter of time before he comes by and you'll get a shot. Those are yeah. my thoughts. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, different strategies for different, you know, different locations and setups for sure. I mean, I've sat on water holes, but, you know, that's not my number one choice, but sometimes that's the smartest, but, you know, that's the way to get an opportunity. Right. And and the wallows, when I'm talking water holes, it's basically wallows you're setting up on. And if they're cloudy and dirty, you know, he's there and you just have to wait it out. Scott, I got to go, but I appreciate it. And I'd appreciate if you would send to hutchonhunting at gmail.com a short recap of uh, what you got out of this. When we get this published, I will send you a link so you can have it. You can share with your buddies. And uh, yeah, I wish you well. Hey, thanks, Bruce. Appreciate it. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Take care, my friend.